This is It's PR Darlings, a podcast all about the dark arts of public relations, publicity and all things media. Join us to learn more about the world of PR and how it can help build your business. I'm Greer Quinn from Forward Communications. And I'm Joe Stone from Sticks and Stones PR and together we are your PR Darlings. Welcome to It's PR Darlings, the podcast to listen to if you want to know more about public relations, publicity and all things media. I'm Greer Quinn. And I'm Jo Stone. We started It's PR Darlings as a bit of a passion project. We were finding in our own public relations agencies that we were always explaining what we do. And it's really seen as the dark arts, full of weird words and industry jargon and this mysterious method of determining what's newsworthy. The truth truth is that we are shadow workers, but that's because we're always pushing our clients into the public stage and the story's never about us. We also wanted to shine a spotlight on the work journalists do. It takes hard-earned skills, dedication, determination, early starts. Oh my gosh, the early starts. (laughs) And very long hours to deliver the news. And the industry has taken a battering in recent years with layoffs, budget cuts and general disruption. And yet there's never been another moment in our lifetime where balanced and accurate news reaching millions of people has been so crucial. I really believe that the media code of ethics provides the best scaffolding to inform, educate and influence change. So personally, some of the stellar reporting that I've witnessed during the pandemic and other compounded crises that we've seen has filled me with renewed admiration and awe for this industry. I know, it's amazing really what's happened over the last 12 months and how important that role of journalism has been. It's been incredible. Well, Gria proposed that we do a podcast and she roped me into it and it (laughs) took 18 months and lots and lots of talking, but here we are, one season down and we're currently in intermission before we kick off season two and we've learnt so much. We are doing everything. It's editing, it's writing, coordinating, distributing, promoting, the lot, a huge learning curve. So what's What's been the best thing about the podcast for you, Gria? Um, For me, it's been these important conversations. So often we're calling journalists to pitch them stories, but it was such a nice change of pace to actually listen to the journalist stories and hear about their day. For me, I felt like I was giving back. Um, Another highlight has been all the amazing feedback that we've received um, via LinkedIn or email and other social media platforms. Mm. Um, Yeah, and we're delighted that we've had some PR agencies or PR departments, in-house departments, comms departments, as well as some media lecturers who are making our show recommended listening either for their students or their staff. So that's that's really heartwarming for me. Yeah, and that's been wonderful. And I've I've actually really loved working with you, Greer, because I think, um, you know, there's a lot of mystery around PR and there's a big disconnect between what journalists and PR do. And it's very a very complex relationship. And I've loved that we've been discussing that openly and talking about that together. I think that's been really a wonderful opportunity for me. So I've really enjoyed that. And I, it's also great to to shine a light on an industry that I really love and I love what I do and I love learning and making these connections and that's just been fantastic all round. So thank you for asking me. Oh, it's been so good working with you and also just it it had been a while since we'd been on radio um, and you also on TV. So working together and just flexing that muscle again that we haven't mm. used for so long and 
that has been amazing. I've enjoyed that aspect heaps. Been great collaborating with you. During season one, we spoke with five of the industry's best and brightest, starting with Tamara Bow, one of Sunrise's roving reporters and such a compassionate journalist. Tamara very much shows up as a human being when she's reporting and her insights into what it was like working media side during the Dreamworld crisis were particularly eye-opening and just offering a different perspective. I actually think that this episode is a must-listen, not only for PR professionals but also business owners, as you just never know when a crisis might strike. Dreamworld went into damage control as well and they were taking advice from so many different sources too. Uh, But from a journalist's perspective, you really do need someone to step straight up to the plate. And I know that that those decisions can be rash and they can come out the wrong way sometimes. But from a journalist's perspective, I know that if we're starved for information, we'll go looking for it. And you can often go to a source that might not be the best alternative that could put, put a negative spin on it for that company. So I think coming forward straight away and trying to stay ahead of the media that's so crucial in a situation like this. What I also th- took away from um, Tamara's interview was that thinking on your feet, how important it is to have really good contacts because she's up at 4am and making phone calls. You know, she has to get people to answer. So I thought that was really important and it just showed um, the dedication that it takes to get out of bed that time of the morning and to do what she does. So that was fantastic. I loved listening to that. Yeah, it's your whole social life too. I mean, she's got a husband and a child and she's having to have that discipline to go to bed early. Same with Tom Forbes, which I think you were about to talk about. Yes. Well, I was going to say the same. I felt the same way about the chat with Tom Forbes um, from ABC Breakfast on the Gold Coast. You realise that there is actually competition too, even within organisations. And I think that was a, a real insight with his interview. And he talked about how important that exclusive is in breakfast radio. And it really makes their lives, you know, not only easier, but sets them apart from the morning papers, which is a really fantastic tip as a PR person. And it's something that's really good to remember. Yeah. And also, yeah, not um, knowing that there is internal competition, not to be pitching that exclusive <laughs> to two different Elsewhere. <laughs> within the ABC. That's That would be really bad form too. Um, and Tom really gave us an insider's look into the mechanics of the newsroom, it makes sense that if you want to take advantage of the ABC's multimedia muscle, TV, news, programs, radio, online, local, national, there's just so much. that. Um, and it, so if you really want to take advantage of that, it's worth taking the time to package a story with multiple case studies and expert talent to give the journos advance notice so that all these moving parts can be engineered to execute a huge media outreach. And that's that idea around doing an embargo as well, which was one of the other words that we played with um, some of the industry jargon this season as well. Absolutely. I'm actually a big fan of the embargo when you use it correctly. Exclusives for us are becoming more and more important. Um, What we're finding is that exclusive stories, I mean, everyone loves to have an exclusive story, but uh, the hard thing is getting them a lot of the time as well. Uh, because what we're finding is that if you can get hold of an exclusive story and you have enough time to repair, you can roll that story out across multiple platforms. So quite often what I do now is uh, when I'm pitching for a story from somebody, because we pitch to PR companies and individuals as well, 
is that we offer at the ABC, I can say, if you give us this story and give me two or three days lead time, we can roll this story out on today's date. Uh, it'll hit the radio news bulletins that morning. It will be in radio programs that day. It will also have a, a social media presence as well on the Facebook page. It will have a digital presence on the ABC digital website. Uh, we can do a TV news story on that. We can do uh, something that can be prepackaged for ABC's 24 Breakfast program. So you can offer the whole suite of the ABC if the story. Oh my God, you're like a PR dream. It, well, yes. this, is the thing. this is the thing. And a lot of people don't realize it because the ABC is, you know, it's a national platform and you can offer more than most other people because you've got the radio, the digital, the television. And if it's a big a story, yep. So as well as chatting to media in season one, we explored some of the tools of the trade. So we spoke with David Skipinka. He heads up the contact media database company, Telemedia, because every PR worth their salt needs a reliable media database. I'm a big proponent of doing PR and using media as a channel, you know, to get messages across and communicate with your audiences. But it is inherently a risky proposition if you don't know what you're doing, because you know, you do not have control. It is completely in the hands of the journalist and their editor. And that's really where, you know, I would say that's kind of why PR people are so important if you're going to be doing media relations. Um, you know, you can have a go and we've certainly got clients who, you know, are just trying it and, you know, doing, doing it really well, but it's not going to work for everyone. So I think there is a reason why PR is a profession, really. You know, you need skills, you need contacts, you need experience, you need to understand newsrooms. I frankly thought that was actually the grab of the season and I think David really hit the nail on the head. It helps to know how a newsroom works and having that deeper understanding of how news operates, what makes something newsworthy can really improve the relationships that we build with journalists. Oh, and who can forget our hour-long extravaganza with the incredibly oh. talented Trent Dalton. <laughs> and he's amazing. So damn nice as well. Um, despite his crazy success with his novels, Boy Swallows Universe and All Our Shimmering Skies, Trent's so humble. He's also so quick to acknowledge all the editors, mentors and PR people who've supported his career and contributed to his success. And look, I loved how he was so appreciative of the work of PR people. I mean, it's hard going sometimes, you know, you make these pitches and they go nowhere or they do get picked up or they get rejected. But it's great to know that there um, are opportunities that come from PR. And for him, the, there's been a pitch again. So PR would have pitched to him. He's done it. He, he's accepted the pitch. He's worked out a great story. He's, he's delivered a really fantastic, interesting piece. And then a PR person, that PR person has wanted to work with him again. So I think that um, one thing leading to another as well, I think that's kind of, it's good for journos to see that on the other side too, that when things go well and things are, um, you are responded to and you you do deliver a really great story for them, the, the journos come back to you and you go back to them. It kind of works both ways. And I just think that's so. It was, it was really, key. yeah, magical to hear him say that. And the, um, the empathy that he actually has and the understanding that he has for the role of the PR person. So, you know, we're often put in that situation where it does feel a little bit like a door knock or a cold call. Um, and yeah, you just have, yeah, you have to be really brave and bold and friendly and hit all the right notes. And sometimes the journalists get that and sometimes they 
don't necessarily get that. And speaking to such um, an amazing journalist who's so good at his craft and to hear him uh, express that gratitude towards the PR people who've helped him over the years um, was just really heartwarming for me. The reason why I love doing this podcast with you guys is because it really gives me a chance to highlight this woman named Alice Wood who, you know, she's the kind of, she's basically like campaign manager for HarperCollins and kind of absolutely any success of Boy Swallow's universe um, and all our Shimmering Skies, you know, I just, it's just, owes, I just owe to her. I mean, it's, it's just quite simply a fact that she brilliantly, you know, just knew a way to sort of get that book out there and, and a way to sort of take my story and, and help it sort of talk about the book. And she was just brilliant and, and do it in a way where, there were things like there were people sort of calling maybe that were interested in doing like a really intense full-on sort of thing about, hey, let's let's do this sort of whatever, you know, something about this guy, you know, some big TV thing about this guy and we'll, um, we'll get in, you know, and it would be big, right? It'd be big publicity. But just her ability to go, how you feel about that? I'm like, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> um, and just the way that we could all just sort of look at it and go, let's try and do this in the right way where, where I just, I'm doing it all for the right reasons. And of course, the host of Who's the Boss and founder of Handle Your Own PR platform, Jules Brooke, was such a powerhouse. Oh, she certainly had some life-affirming insights into the power of PR and that glow that it can give clients. With PR, unlike any other type of marketing, it almost starts after you've been published because of what you can do with it. So I always say to people, push it out through your socials. The algorithms absolutely love it. So they'll push out those posts a lot further. Um, I say put it up on your website, you know, and people either put it up in the sort of as seen in the media or they'll take those logos and put them scrolling across their screen. Um, I tell people to stick it out in newsletters. If they've got newsletters, they can blog about what it was like to try and get it and how thrilled they are to be in there. They can, you know, frame it and stick it up in their bricks and mortar store. There is just so much you can do with publicity in the media that you can't do with any other kind of marketing. It's been a great experience putting together its PR darlings. We've also demystified all kinds of interesting words and jargon like naughty, exclusive, op-ed. Next season, we'll kick off with a throw and perhaps a little bit of backgrounding. Well, this is really a passion project for us, Greer, and, and a real labour of love. And we're doing it alongside our day jobs, running our own agencies and our other full-time jobs as mums, getting the kids to school on time. So we're just letting you know that we've decided we're going to make this a fortnightly podcast just to give us a bit of breathing space and really just to keep it fun for us. We've already started work on season two and we've got some amazing talent lined up. We're going to find out more about one of the country's most read news sources that you probably don't even know exists. We'll be exploring how reporting on traumatic events can impact on journalists. And also how it impacts on PR too. Mm, oh, absolutely. And we'll meet some Aussie businesses using PR to create campaigns worthy of international attention. They decided we're going to create our own editorials, which is what, like, why they started creating content in a way that I think was a bit 
of a pioneer in the direct-to-consumer online market where people weren't really creating their own photo shoots like they were in that way. Uh, but it's all still important. It all goes hand in hand. We're fighting the same battle that every news outlet across Australia is fighting, which is that there could be... There could be 110 terrific stories to cover on any one day, but resourcing means that we can't get to all of them. So that's where um, you know, our, our news conferences and our senior staff make calls on, on what we should and shouldn't cover and what's in the, the greatest public interest. Uh, and it was obviously a, a really tense and sensitive time during that time, but we managed to really come together, really provide that information and um, uh, a lot of emotion isn't there absolutely and for me there was a couple of days where it was you know hearing one tragedy after another it's one of the things that people come to us a lot and say Mm -hmm. I want an influencer I want someone who's going to be able to sell my product but does it have to be someone with 1.3 million followers Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, being a micro-influencer myself, I know that's not true. Um, but... <laughs> Today's word is embargo, but because we love to add a little bit of an element of suspense, we're going to put an embargo on telling you about it until the end of this show. And as a former journal, I can tell you that journals have long memories. So if you say it's an embargo and half the journalists get pipped at the post by another outlet, well... Let's just say it isn't forgotten quickly. You sound super sexy. Oh, that's very yeah. kind. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's PR done, only fans. That's so disturbing. <laughs> so let's think about that. We'll chat later. We do have to monetize this somehow. I am just making sure my phone is on silent. Yes, it is. Yep. Nice. Lovely. That was good. Yeah. Right. I, I love our show. It's PR Darlings is on all the socials, so get in touch if you have any ideas that you'd like to share. I'm Greer Quinn from Forward Communications. And I'm Jo Stone from Sticks and Stones PR, and we are your PR Darlings. See you next season.